What is up, everyone? It is your host, Aaron Karanos, once again, with an episode of the, Chris- of the Karanos and Tercius Podcast. I'm with the main man, Chris Tercius. How are you, bro? Doing all right, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good as well. Free and just recovering from my injury, yeah. so can't really say much. But, you know, just relax, and I'm done with school, so... Oh, there you go. Yeah, I know. Um, thank God. It's it summer, man. Summertime, but I can't <laughs> do nothing, so... Yeah. What what can you do? But we're not talking about summer and all that stuff. We're talking about football matches that happened this weekend. Man, we have some crazy ones that happened. We had some awesome ones. And, uh, yeah, we should just dive into them. Let's dive into them. That's because of the chase. So, first, Champions League semifinals. First game that happened this week was Manchester City versus PSG. Man City winning 2-0. Ria Mares scoring did he score both goals? Yeah, he had a brace. Yeah, he had a brace. He scored both goals. Um, yeah, just what did you think about the match? How did it play out in your opinion and what you what you expected from the game and how you thought the game was going to play out? Um, I thought overall it was a good game. Um, I think it was, you know, very, very unfortunate that Mbappe couldn't play this game because he, uh, he got a knock in training, I think, a few days going into it. It was like on Thursday or Friday when he got hurt since uh, he didn't play over the weekend either. Um, I thought that was very, very unfortunate for Pochettino and his guys. But, uh, you know, they still have star players on the team. So I thought they could have gotten it done. But, yeah, you know, obviously Neymar struggled a bit because he didn't have Mbappe there. You know, if, I feel like Neymar was looking for those runs all game um, that Mbappe normally, normally makes. But, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't there to, to do him for him, wasn't there to help him out. So it's kind of left on his own. But, uh, but yeah, good good for Man City. Great for Riyad Mahrez, you know. Um, scored three goals out of the four, mm-hmm. so uh, fantastic game for him. I know he's on a, well, I don't know, but I'm sure he's on a high. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was just impressive how Man City was able to play. Ruben Diaz, man, oh what a, what a signing for Man City. He was literally cutting off anything that went through. Literally, that trying to penetrate ba- the back line of Man City. He was blocking shots. He was putting his body on the line. He just looked like, and he's only 23, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. He doesn't even look like he's 23. And he's playing like a veteran. And exactly. I think that's impressive and just good recruiting from Pep. And, right. You know, that's just brilliant scouting because to get him for a what? Like, it was, I think it was like 50, 60. It was like, I think it was a like 60 million. Yeah, yeah, 60 million. That's a bargain for <laughs> oh, yeah, what for he's about to do for this team. Exactly. So. And it's nice, you know, a couple years ago we saw that as well with uh, Virgil van Dyke. Uh, you know, a great signing that Liverpool got as a center back. Um, just someone that they can rely on. And unfortunately, you know, you see how important these guys are because, you know, look at Liverpool now. You know, they're definitely struggling with that Virgil van Dijk. So it just shows to you how important these center backs are in this game. And, uh, yeah, man, like you said, brick wall, hell of a performance, in my opinion. Shoot. Might be it. He could be player of the year, honestly. Um, I mean, that one, I would say player of the year because he's still got other players outside. But I, he's done the conversation for player of the year, but... I'm gonna say too far. If Van Dyke could be up there, I think he can be up there for Player of the Year. Yeah, Messi's better though. But oh well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> when, when you when you take what he's done for Man, like you know, if, I, if, I, if Man City, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if Man City win the trouble this year, a lot, a lot is on his shoulders. You that know, is true, a that lot is. of the reasons as to why they've been successful this year, it's on his shoulders. You know, it doesn't matter who plays next to him if it's Laporte, if it's Stones. I feel like he just makes everyone a lot better. And uh, he proved that in this game, you know, every shot or majority of the dangerous shots that uh, that um, PSG took in this game, he was literally behind all of them. There was that one where Herrera had that volley 
and he literally just dove in front of it, and it came off his came off his face, like his forehead. Literally, so, literally I think he had two that came off his face. Yeah, so he did. He did very, very well this game. Uh, very impressed, and I'm actually looking forward, you know, after the Champions League to see him in the Euros, because Portugal could have a, or I think will have a very good squad. But um, you yeah, we want to get ahead in, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to get ahead of us, but also um, nah, I was also very disappointed in PSG strike force. Yeah. Uh, literally during the game, you did not hear Mario Cutty's name at all. You didn't yeah. hear Morris Keane's name. You didn't hear none of that because Man City's defense was just spectacular. But it's also disappointing from them because you're expecting Cardi to play. You know, we've seen what he's done in the Serie A and in past performances. Yeah. And he's just not. He didn't perform the way I thought he could. And it was just such an over reliance on Neymar trying to create shots and all that. It was just very disappointing from them. Definitely PSG, they might lose both their players, their star players because of this, because, you know, Neymar obviously can't do it by himself. Yeah. And without Mbappe, man, there's nothing that you can really do because there's no threat up top. So you know, Exactly. You know, there's rumors of, of Madrid trying to get rid of, of Hazard and, uh, you know, trying to get Mbappe. So imagine if Mbappe leaves, I wonder what, uh, what Neymar's going to try to do. Maybe he'll leave. There's rumors of him going back to Barca as well, so... It'll be very interesting what happens here in the future for PSG. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. But, yeah, it's just very disappointing. Um, even though PSG, they really had only one, I think they only had one shot on target this entire game. Mm-hmm. And the only good shot they had was from a corner in the first half. Other oh, yeah. than that, they did, really didn't create much. And Man City was just, you know, we were expecting a high press from PSG, and they didn't really do that. And also, Anna De Maria got sent off. Yeah. For a stupid tackle that he did yeah. on uh, Fernandinho. Right. I don't know why he decided to lash out on them on that play. Why do you have to kick him in the foot? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just a dumb decision. He wasn't even doing much the entire game. So Yeah, he was very quiet. Yeah, compared to the first leg, he didn't do much. Yeah, this I game. agree. So, hey, and then playing with 10 men, down 2-0, oh, yeah. you know the game was done. Against Man City. Against no, Man City, yeah. the game was done. <laughs> it was over with. Man City could have easily put... I think three or four away, but right. But yeah, yeah. like you said, uh, Marquinhos' header that came off the crossbar—that was literally their only chance, and it could have changed the game around. I think because at that point it was still nil-nil, and uh, that's how they went up in the first leg, also. So, you know, if Marquinhos, you know, it was very unlucky for him to to miss that shot, but you know, just shows how 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 good uh, Man City is. And I was very uh, I was very surprised on Zinchenko's performance as well. Um, he played very well, you know. Um, we've been, we were talking a lot about Cancelo previously, you know, with uh, his previous performance. But Zinchenko came in this game, you know, even he came in the in the first leg, he did very well. In this game, he played an excellent game as well. So, Man City uh, into the final. Into the final. First appearance in the Champions League final. Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if Pep can pull it off. We'll see. We'll see. This is, I think this is third time, three different generations, three different decades. Because he won in 09, yeah, 2010, correct. and 2020. So three different decades correct. of being in a Champions League final, which yeah. is impressive on its own. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see what if they can get it done. But now, on to the other leg, see what their opponent was. And it is Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Chelsea pulling off the 2-0 victory. So Chelsea is going to be facing Manchester City in the Champions League final on May 29th in Istanbul. So this game, I was very shocked about this game. Oh, Chelsea... Yeah? I thought Madrid was going to come out a lot more aggressive. Um, 
I was shocked that Eden Hazard was in the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. I didn't know why Zidane decided to start in this game. I mean, I get it. Facing your old club, you might have some motivation, might have some a vendetta against your prior club, but he just did absolutely nothing. He did absolutely nothing in this game. Right. I like I didn't hear his name once. He wasn't even getting attacking positioning. And I was just surprised that Madrid didn't come out more aggressive than the, during this entire game. They just sat back and it was just getting exposed in that midfield right. all day. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, Madrid came out, I feel like, in, from what I saw, they came out a bit, not necessarily aggressive, but they had possession, you know, as you normally expect against playing against Chelsea, who was obviously up in the leg with the away goal. Um, but I agree, they should have been more aggressive. Vinicius Jr. was playing as like a right uh, wing back, which was mm-hmm. which was terrible, you know, because you know he was getting exposed on that on that left side by Chilwell, Mason Mount would would slide over there, um, Kai Havertz a couple of times, Timo Werner, and all, like he's not a defender, he's just a guy that you can you know he works better on a four or on a four three three playing on that not even on the right flank on the um, on the left flank, so you can cut it and shoot with his right or dribble, you know. Either go, he can either go right or left. He was just very, very predictable going forward this game. And there was times that he would. I remember one one time he, I think he dribbled straight into. I couldn't remember if it was Conte or Rudiger, but literally just dribbled straight into him, and you know they knocked the ball away from him with these. Um, but yeah, nothing really that stood out from from Madrid besides, uh, I believe Benzema. He uh, he took a shot on, on on Mendy in the first half. That it was pretty much out of nothing, just like how he. How he almost scored in the first one, came off the post. You know, Mendy made a great save, and then not after that, that uh, you know Chelsea started getting into the game more, uh, counterattacking, and then <laughs> Kai ha- Kai Havertz, you know, trying to chip Courtois, came off the crossbar, and and yeah, Werner from there is not gonna miss. Yeah, like, everyone was joking that on tw- on Twitter. Yeah. It was like Werner can't miss from here, right. and it was just like, but yeah, he couldn't miss from there. But it was obviously Ingle play, literally. If you watch the entire play, N'Golo Conte literally orchestrated that entire play. Oh, yeah. He would literally just speared it in between Cruz and Casemiro, got it back from uh, Werner, laid it off to Havertz, and it was just lovely. It was literally just, like, so easy how they were able just to dissect their midfield. And the midfield was getting older. You can see how Cruz and Modric, they can't keep up. Oh, yeah. They can't keep up anymore compared to... You know, this Chelsea squad, they couldn't keep up with their midfield at all. Yeah, not not at even all. close. I think Modric's, what, like 35 now? Modric's 35. 35. Kroos is like 32, 33. Yeah. So, know. you ain't getting past Conte. He's yeah. 30, but he runs like a 22-year-old. He looks like he's in his early 20s. Yeah, early exactly. 20s. <laughs> uh, Jorginho, he's 26. Uh, Kovacic, 24. Yeah, so yeah, Mason Mount. Mason Mount, too. he's yeah. in his early 20s, so... Yeah. They're all young. They're all young players, and they're gonna outrun you. And that's literally what happened this game. Yeah, I felt like Chelsea. They just outran Madrid, just everywhere. Just out hustled them. Out hustled yeah. them. Everything, and it was just not even close. Yeah, and then uh, and Golakante was also uh, you know very important part in the second goal as well. You know, Pulisic seconds were coming in for Timo Werner in the second half, and uh, same thing. He, he, I think he won a header, and it went to like Ramos or something like that. And then he was from like a center defensive mid position, like ran past like three or four players, and was the one that uh, uh, that won him for that fifty fifty ball with uh, I think it was Sergio Ramos, if I remember correctly. And uh, you know he laid it off to to to, to Pulisic, who I thought at that point honestly I thought the opportunity was probably gone, mm-hmm. but just you know very composed from Christian Pulisic in front of goal. He had no angle, just to hold it up for a second, find Mason Mount, who ended up tucking it away. So 
the second goal was very nice too. Good to see mm-hmm. Pulisic get a, you know, an American kid get a goal and assist over both legs. So yeah, I want to talk to you about that. What do you think about him saying? Yeah, he's very frustrated. What do you think about that? When he'd be very discontent with Chelsea about this, right? Um, I can understand uh, both sides, I guess. I mean, he has had some injuries as well, so you know, obviously, he had to regain fitness at, at certain points, but. I think Tuchel, I don't know if it was his game plan or what, but I think Tuchel's game plan for this game was, was very smart. I think it was, he had a good strategy going into this. You know, he he basically he basically put Pulisic in once the game started opening up a bit more. And obviously the, the Madrid players looked fatigued, looked tired. And, you know, he was able to penetrate those those open spaces, which is what he did, which is how he ended up getting, uh, um, you know, being involved in the second goal. And he had a, they had a couple of chances too afterwards, um, where the one where Mason Mount, like, you know, have one v one with Courtois, and mm-hmm. he, you know, struck it over it. goal. So yeah. I thought he was put in at a good time. I think there was still like thirty, twenty five minutes left in the game when he got subbed in. I thought he did a good job, um, but I mean, I can understand. Uh, but at the same time, also, you know, you got players like Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, that you know Chelsea, that Chelsea spent some money for. You know, so I that, mean, you want to you want to put players in that you've invested in, but I mean, just that, to make sure it pays off, but. I mean that is true, but if you look at the first leg, he was literally the only positive thing that oh, really came out. That came out of the first leg was him, and Anderson Kyle Havertz was in form, just scoring two goals against uh, who did they face? They faced um, uh, was what, it West, West, uh, West Brom Newcastle? Was I think it was West Brom? Yeah. So obviously he's in form, but you know he, you know I wouldn't say that's in form, but yeah, I understand yeah. that you know you have to put investments in. To um, players that you buy, but still, Christian Pulisic has proven every time that when it, there, there's a big occasion, sure. he comes up, and you know I was trying to support the American boys oh, and all course. that. But yeah, I mean he's continuously proven that he's a legit option in this. Yeah, he's like probably one of the better options compared to Timo Werner or Kai Havertz or freaking Hakan Ziyech. Yeah. So in my opinion, I thought he should have started this game, but. Like I said, Montemus Tuchel, so that's up to him right. on that decision. But, yeah, on back to the game, Adrips was disappointed. Literally, Madrid, Ramos looks so slow. He looks so slow. Oh, yeah. He looks so slow. Uh, Militao looked out of it. Their defense was just completely exposed by Chelsea. It was yeah. just insane, in my yeah. opinion. Nacho was, uh, he did okay. Um I think Nacho, as soon as Pulisic came in, he got clobbered by Nacho. He, like, took his legs out or something like that. But uh, but back to your point about Pulisic also, I think he will start in the final. Um, but you never know. I, you know, he started the game against Madrid, had a hell of a game. Um, but I don't think Kai Havertz was also a bad option. You know, he had the one that came off the, the crossbar that obviously Timo Werner would have was there. If he would have if he wasn't there, it definitely would have been a wasted wasted chance. Um he had another chance uh in the early in the second half when he off the off the cross that he headed and it came off the crossbar as well. But then he did waste that chance when he was one V one with uh um with Courtois. Do I think Pulisic could have scored those? Yeah, I think so. So I see I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, but there's just so many options for those positions too, which is crazy. But I, I do agree with you when you say that he's the best option, the one that's in most informed. So, you know, I, I, I do believe that as well. But I mean, Tuco is the one that's that's putting up the starting eleven, like you said. We're not him, so I guess only he knows. But but <laughs> that yeah. is true. only he knows. But and I feel like uh, sorry, but I don't mean to cut you off. But between both of these legs, you know, PSG losing and same with Madrid, um, you can kind of see 
what kind what guys are like a bunch of little schoolboys and what guys play with some class and and who don't you know PSG went down you know went down two nil they were for like the last 20 30 minutes I feel like they were out there just hitting people you know Danilo came in hitting people um Verratti was in there hitting people Paredes as well they're all getting frustrated and then you know Madrid out here getting out outplayed and outclassed you know they weren't out there <laughs> looking to break anyone's legs so um I don't know but uh, I wanted I did want to ask you how do you feel about uh about um Hazard um uh, smiling and, and laughing with Zuma after the game after he got knocked out of the yeah the I, Champions League semi when I saw that I was just like this man really to be honest, I just feel like he's a Chelsea. Like, yes, it's your former club. Yes, it's your former teammates and all that. And I understand you're happy for them. But come on, you don't do that on the pitch. You do not do that right. when you're on the pitch, when you're in front of the cameras, when you're in front of all these, you know, televisions, you know, TVs everywhere. You don't do that in front of, you know, millions of broadcasters and millions of people that are viewing this. Because as soon as that gets shown out, you're like, wait a minute, you play for Madrid. But why are you supporting these Chelsea when they just beat, knocked your team out of a Champions League semifinal? Right. What are your true intentions? What are you doing? And all that. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I was baffled. I was like, why Why is he smiling? And I heard he came out with an a apology. Be like, I'm sorry yeah. for my actions. I was just happy for my teammates and all that. But, but come on, man. You, you literally wanted your dream move you got your dream move you've been there for two years and you've done nothing for the club right and now you're shown on the field with your former club that just knocked you out of a champions league semi-final and you're smiling and shaking their hands and hugging them like it's, it's a conflict of interest in my opinion yeah i agree when i when i first saw it i didn't think it was much of an issue but when i when i like dove into it and started thinking about it thinking about it more uh you know, like you said, I think it was very, very unprofessional. Especially when Madrid, you know, have spent, have you been their, their record signing, you know? No one else is, there's no there's no one else that Madrid has, has purchased that is up to, you know, how much money they put down for you. So, it's crazy. And I was watching uh, something after the game, too, and they're talking about how, how Hazard's head isn't in it. And, you know, it's kind of like how Bale is as well, you know? Um, just there to, to get a paycheck. And it's true, you know, there's, there's been issues about his fitness, his weight. And and it's you know it's not as if this game too was busting his 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 backside for the team you know um, he didn't have a good performance at all and like I said earlier how was he why was he starting how was he starting uh, we don't know you know obviously he hasn't been playing well um, but yeah with his apology he was saying you know um, I apologize for being all, all happy this and that you know let's let's all focus together on the Liga we still got that yada yada but yeah I think the the fans are pretty much done with him at this point um, I don't see them getting behind him unless he you know. With the remaining games in the Liga, he gives 10 out of 10 performances and, you know, scores at least a brace every game. I don't know. I don't see him coming back from this one. But, but yeah, very unprofessional. And like you said, you know, that's not something you do on the pitch. It's something you do, like, in the tunnel, you know, after the game. Like, say say hi to your, say hi to your guys. Um, and in, another good point, too, is, uh, you know, Courtois played for Chelsea as well not too long ago. You know, there were some guys there as well. You didn't see him all happy, smiling. And it just looks like he's not fully devoted to Madrid and it's a shame because they did spend a lot of money for him and expected a lot out of him. He was basically going to try to take over that, you know, that whole number seven role, uh, that that gap that Ronaldo left, and he just hasn't done it. And it's been two years since, and it's not like he's played many games either. So exactly, I saw a stat. He's only he's 
played 40 games and missed 59 games. So he's missed more than he's played. He's missed more games than he's played. And he's like... And, and he has, they're the record signing. And he's a record signing. And I think he has like below 10 goals and below 10 assists right. in those games. So it just, it just shows that I think he's... To be honest, I'm so surprised if he gets a chance back to Chelsea. I'm not surprised right. if that happens because that's where he wants to be. I don't think he really wanted to be in Madrid. Yeah. I think he just said that because he wanted out. But yeah, he just wanted more. I feel like he wanted more cash. Wanted to be a record signing, but you know, I feel like he's not there. And you know, and to put into context as well, that's like for us as Barca fans. You know, Dembélé is doing well this season, but think of like previous years where he hardly played, and we just got knocked out of a big tournament, and you see him smiling and giggling that's the way that i would see it as a barca fan you know and i would and i definitely get the frustration from the madrid fans you know it, it definitely makes sense but i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen with uh with our boy eden i don't know what's gonna happen with that but hey we'll keep you updated and all that but champions league final istanbul may 29th manchester city versus chelsea an all english final an all english final an all english final did you see that they want to that teams are trying to Bring the team, uh, bring the final to England. Yeah, you see Aston that? Villa wants yeah. to buy. They want to bring um, the Champions League final mm-hmm. to England, so they have fans in the same because Turkey exactly. still has a ban of not having people in the stadium. And England during I think May they're gonna lift, start lifting up their uh, uh, COVID restrictions. Right. So they're gonna start having people in the stadium. I think they said eight thousand st- people in the stands in Aston Villa. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be interesting i'll be i think it'll be good yeah, all yeah. england final in england right just have him go out that'd be right that'd and be we, insane yeah, and we saw that in the carabao cup final as well you know they had fans in there also and it was nice to see the fans there and and hear the fans cheer for proper things you know like good defending not just you know uh plays when 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 the teams are attacking so it was it was nice to hear so you know i'm not opposed to that either I mean, I'm not opposed to that either, but yeah. it would be interesting. But right now, it's in Istanbul. Right. It's in Istanbul. Uh, I think it's at 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, 3 p.m. 3 Eastern. 3 p.m. Eastern, May 29th. All England final on a Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, you better not be doing anything. <laughs> Literally, request work off. It is going to be a fantastic right. final. It is in, so it's in three weeks, three weeks time. Yeah. So get your popcorn ready. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but that is it for the Champions League. Now... On to the other European competition. We have Europa League. And the first game that happened was Roma versus Manchester United. And not going to lie, I thought Roma was going to pull this off. They literally missed, I think, three. So the scoreline was 3-2 to uh, Roma. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I thought it was going to be 5-2 Roma. I thought Roma could have definitely turned this tie around. And they could have advanced through to the semi-final. To the final. Because they had so many chances, and I was like, United, what are you doing? Right. Like, it, would, it looked bad for United. Right. If only we had this love against Roma back in 2017. <sighs> but, oh. uh, yeah, man, Dzeko missed a lot of chances. Mkhitaryan missed a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Pellegrini missed a couple as well. Oh, my God. it was. I don't know if it was a great performance by De Gea or what, but... I feel like a lot of shots were, were straight at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, obviously he made he had some that were that were pretty lucky as well. But uh, you know, just watching this, you feel like Roma's gonna pull it off. They had like two clear chances within like the first five minutes, and mm-hmm. surprisingly they missed. And uh, yeah, it just they didn't go in their favor. It just wasn't meant to be for for Roma, unfortunately. Yeah. To, this time, so yeah, and not gonna lie, I thought 
United looked very poor. Oh, they looked yeah. very poor in the beginning until Cavani scored. Literally, Cavani saved them yeah. from, you know, having this tie be closer than we thought it was going to be. Uh, but yeah, they looked poor in the beginning of the ha- beginning of the first half and the beginning of the second half when Roma literally scored back to back to back goals. I think it was like a mi- like two minutes. Yeah, and they could have had a third one. Uh, Boy, the Jago missed a one-on-one with the keeper right in front of the goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And De Gea literally closed his legs together and it, like, deflected out. Yeah, that was weird. And I was like, what? Yeah. It, like, deflected all across the across the line. Yeah. And it went out. It was off, like, his, his plant leg, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Off his plant leg. And I was like, what? They could have been three unanswered goals in, like, five minutes. Right. And I would have put the tie. You know, it was, it was 1-1. So that would have put the tie. No, it was 2-1. And then I put up with the tie yeah, yeah. at, uh, what is it? It would have been, been three. five, it would have been five, seven. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been five, seven. At and that point, yeah. At that point, that, that's a game. Like yeah. you're on, like it's on, but damn, I don't know what was going on, but that was just a crazy, crazy turn of events. And then I think they scored one at the end and it was just like, that's it. Yeah. It was like a weird there. deflection. The, mm-hmm. the, I forget his name, but the youngster got subbed in for Pedro, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he hits that volley terribly. And it comes off, uh, I don't know if it was Alex Tellez or I forget who it was. Uh, Might have been Maguire, but it came off his leg, goes to the legs of De Gea. But, yeah, this one was for Roma to win, you know. Like you said, Man United came out sluggish. They didn't look awake until Cavani first scored. And did you see the shot Cavani had? I didn't know this man had such a rifle. He, mm-hmm. took, he took one rip. And it came off the goalkeeper's face. Yeah, like, I went saw through that. his hands, it hit his face, and went out. <laughs> literally, I was like, literally, the goalkeeper. I thought it hit his hands, but yeah. I, it hit his face. I, he literally, the keeper looked like unconscious. Yeah. He was like kind of dazed <laughs> a little bit because it was like straight at him. Right. He was Kavan didn't care. He just blasted it anywhere, right. and it went straight at his face. I was like, man. Yeah. But Kavan with a brace. Um, nice header for the second one. Very nice header. Uh, you know, he signed a contract extension till next year, so. Good, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they actually have a striker, a, right? A quality striker for. I mean, that feels like he's uh, he's been gaining um, form, you know, recently. I feel like ever since you know maybe like end of January, February, and you know so at least this year he's definitely gained more playing time, scoring a lot more goals, combining well with the with the guys, and that's good for me. You know, I didn't have, you know having a veteran striker like Cavani for people like Rashford, especially like someone like Mason Greenwood who's very very young. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely a good thing for me United to have him have him around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, Romo is also very unfortunate for this tie. Um, you know, like like we were just, like we said with one of our last episodes, they had three injuries in the first half in the first leg, and one of them being their starting goalkeeper. So I think if you know Paul Lopez wouldn't have gotten hurt the first leg, you know, it could have been a little bit different for Romo this time. Yeah, definitely could have um, been different. Instead of being the aggregate being eight five. Oh yeah, like that's like unheard. a lot of those goals were soft too. A lot of goals were soft, so it's just like. You know, if you had your starting goalkeeper, maybe it could have been different. Maybe Roma could have made the comeback because, you know, you score five goals against United in two legs. You're, you know, that's like, oh, you're guaranteed the win. But then when you score six goals in the first leg, yeah, that's just not a good sign. Yeah, and the worst part about it was they scored five in the second half, which, exactly. is, which is crazy. Which is crazy. But, yeah, back to the second leg, it just, it just was unfortunate for Roma, in my opinion. Yeah. They definitely could have scored easily like we said it's because he scored five and made this you know closer than you really thought it could have been but hey that's just how it is just, uh, yeah you know um, the, the the chances you don't make are the chances that the unfortunately the, the opponent the opponent tucks away you know so 
I don't know, you know, and as we, uh, you know, as a couple of days ago, Roma's new head coach is Jose Mourinho for next season. So, so uh, we'll see if he can turn it around. Yeah, the chosen one, the special the chosen one. one. Yeah, the special, the one. special one. But yeah, that's it for that leg for that game. <laughs> but on to the other game, which was had was closer that everyone expected to be more intense. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal versus Villarreal, ending nil nil. Yeah, I was very disappointed um, for Arsenal. Not gonna lie, this game was actually very boring. Right, I like, agree. nothing really happened this game. And from Arsenal's side, you're expecting them to. Because they need a goal. They right. only need one goal. That's, That's all they needed was yeah. one goal. And they played solid defense the entire game. They Their defense was solid. They didn't really have any um, clear... Villarreal didn't really have many clear chances, in my yeah. opinion, that they were, like, threatening or anything like that. Burn Lando, you know, just, like... It was just straight at him, so it wasn't too crazy. I agree. And, but Arsenal, I was just like... They just didn't look convincing this game. Like, they just were playing individually. Like, mm-hmm. there wasn't really a collective group to push forward and to you know be like hey we need a goal to advance to the final it just wasn't that hunger right that hunger that that drive to get the goal in my opinion was there yeah they're lacking that sense of urgency to to you know to get there i think arsenal played pretty bad until the last like 20 you know 15 20 minutes uh Aubameyang had a great chance in the first half when with the volley. Aubameyang, oh, had two, he had two great chances. He, he had the missed twice. Yeah. He missed them both. Yeah. Um, the volley was lovely. Oh yeah, that, that would have gone in. Whew. The hero, uh, Rudy wasn't even close. Yeah, Rudy it was, was nowhere near. It that. was nowhere near, and it just went on the outside of the post. And you know that's just unlucky. And then he, he gets a header, mm-hmm. free header, comes off his shoulder, come, hit, <laughs> hits off his shoulder off the post, and then Rudy, it would have gone back and hit off a bat, but he puts his hand yeah. and it deflects out, and I'm like. Wow, yeah. I was like, that's really is an Arsenal day. Yeah, but other than that, other than the change changes, Arsenal didn't really create much. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, the other one that they had that was a pretty clear chance was the one that Emil Smith Rowe had mm-hmm. when Ruli. I think he came out for, off for a cross. He kind of drops the ball, lands the Smith Rowe, and he. I don't know if he. I couldn't tell if he was trying to shoot it or try to chip it to the far post and hope someone puts a head on it. But you know, another waste of opportunity that just went wide. You know. Um, and yeah, they, I don't know what's going on with Arsenal. They're they're actually this is the first time in 26 years that they're out of a European competition. Exactly. So things aren't looking good for them, and they're what sitting literally half of the table. They're what like in tenth or ninth place. Ninth, they're ninth. ninth place for for the Prem. So it doesn't look good for them. Do you, you think Arteta they're gonna get someone new for next season, or do you think I mean, they're gonna stick with them? I mean, not gonna lie, Arteta really hasn't. Ha- he's only been there for two seasons. So you can't really judge a manager of two seasons. He hasn't really had the players that he wants to get in, in my opinion. But if he doesn't perform, I'd say if he doesn't perform in the first half of the new season, he's out. I, I don't think he's... I mean, I like Marteta as a coach. He's, yeah. you know, Pep's assistant. He likes Tiki I like that. Right. But Arsenal legend, he's played for Arsenal and all that. So obviously he loves the club. Um, but still, you know... If he doesn't perform the way Arsenal is expected to perform, like you, like you said, no European, you know, they're not going to participate in a European competition in twenty, you know, first time that's going to happen in twenty six years. That's unheard of from Arsenal. Usually, you expect Arsenal to be in contention for, you know, top four, right. maybe fifth place, fifth place, sixth place, and the fact that they're all the way in ninth and yeah. nowhere in contention for that just shows that next year is boomer bust. Yeah, if nothing, for sure. If nothing happens, Arteta's gone. At least like the first quarter of the season to like October, November, 
I think it's like you said, you know, it's going to be do or die for Arteta. Um, it just, I think it all depends on, on where he's at league position wise and how, and what kind of football they are playing. Um, but I feel like some of his, I don't know, I think some of his, uh, his, at least one sub today was very questionable in my opinion. You know, Aubameyang had two clear chances off the post and he took him out with, I think, 20, maybe like 15 or 20 mm-hmm. minutes left in the game. For like, and for like a Zet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, didn't do anything. Exactly. If anything, throw them both out, you know, out there at the same time and, and try to, you know, they, they, they combine well with each other, at least they have in the past, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they can spark something up, but but I don't know, I feel like, uh, like you said, though, I don't think they're going to get rid of him, because I don't even know who they could go out there for, who would want to take the the position, um, but yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't make much sense, because, you know, they, they brought in Odegaard off loan, they sp- spent a lot of money for Thomas Partey as well, from Atletico Madrid, and... You know, he was playing incredible at Atletico Madrid. You know, I, you know, my brother's an Arsenal fan. I, just, I was telling him, I was like, hey, man, like, this is a great signing for you guys. Like, he's uh, he's part of that piece that you guys are missing in the midfield. But maybe, I don't know if it's a new league, new team. I know he's had a couple injuries, but I don't want to say he's a complete flop, but hasn't he's been looked, up to his, his, yeah. his standard, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, he's looked okay. He's looked okay at times, but yeah. he's looked like, I mean, to be honest, he's only probably CDM they have in the team. That's legit, in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah. he can't really do much, but... Also brings to the question, why, you know, is Arsene Wenger, you know, the way they are now? Right. Do you think that Arsene Wenger is, like, uh, do you think the Arsenal, like, Arsene Wenger was the key for Arsenal's success oh, for 100%. pretty much the entire time? You know? 100%. Now, where they're at now compared to when oh, Arsene yeah. had it. Oh, and yeah. how the fans, you know, were pleading for him to leave. You know, does that, you know, how, like, what's going on with that? I think Arsene Wenger was and is one of the best managers that we've seen, you know, in our lifetime. You know, obviously we're not super old, but, you know, he, he obviously he had players like Van Persie, Henri, but like towards the end of his career, when he had players like Nicholas Bentner, like Shamak, you know, like he was getting it done with these types of players, you know, and, and, not saying it's just Arteta because Arteta obviously has been struggling. Unai Emery didn't do a great job, but you know these guys have players like, you know, Obama Yang. You know, great players. You know, Obama Yang, Lacazette, who well when he was at Lyon, when he was at Lyon, he was a, a star player. He was great. You know, I feel like Arsenal just as a as a manager is was is very, was very successful, and I feel like he has a footballing brain like no other as well. I think I feel like he's up there with like obviously not with the titles he's won, but. In terms of his intelligence and his and his strategies, I would say up there with you know the great ones like Pep Guardiola and stuff like that. Obviously, he doesn't have, never had as much, um, never had players like of those caliber, uh, that caliber. You know, like you know Messi. Look at his Man City roster now. He didn't have anyone that spent so much money, but with what he would had and how far he got them, he was making it to the knockout stages of uh, of Champions League. You know, and mm-hmm. look at Arsenal. Yeah, I remember twenty sixteen when Arsenal. They faced Barcelona. They gave Barcelona a hard time, yeah. and and even before that too. You know, I remember back in uh, back in high school, uh, back in the 2011 year. You know, they they played at Camp No. That game where Van, where Van Persie got sent off um, for kicking the ball away. You know, he he they could have given Barcelona a hard time, or well, they did give Barcelona a hard time until that point. And I think the year previously as well in 2010, um, they did very well against us. So I don't know. I think Arsene Wenger is definitely. I think they under undervalued. Wenger and everything he he did. Yeah, because right now look where they're at. Ninth yeah. in the table, 
Yeah, you know, you sure. haven't, you're going to be locked out of European competitions. It just shows. Yeah, you know, he's quality as a manager. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure with the players they have now and where they're at now, they're definitely like thinking, oh, if we had Arsene Wenger, he definitely. At least we'll have us in the top four spot. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. They would definitely be yeah. fourth or fifth. With I, the way that he plays and his, how his team played, they definitely could have knocked out Villarreal. Yeah. You know, obviously Villarreal is, is higher in the league, ha- are more informed, but, you know, I feel like if Wenger was, was the head coach right now, yeah, it's, it'd, be, it'd be a no-brainer. It'd absolutely be a no-brainer. We'd have an all-English Europa League final as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> all-English Euro- all European competition final that would be crazy that would be insane yeah. like that is never i don't think that's ever been done before i don't think so either. all um all teams are from one country are in the final in every single european competition that'd be wild that'd be insane but we have three of four yeah in the final you know what's also impressive is unai emery you know he's been so successful with the europa league yeah you know, this is his fifth final his fifth final he's won three of them right and if he wins this one he'll be the most winningest uh, manager to win this competition with four because I think he's tied with three. Yeah, and if he wins this one, he'll be obviously the undisputed Europa League Europa King because <laughs> he just knows how to win this tournament. Yeah, he's won it with he's been in the final with Arsenal, he's won it with Sevilla. Like, right. geez, this man knows just knows how to win this thing. Right, yeah, it's funny because they asked him as well. They're like, uh, with this uh, post match interview, like, you know, you know, Emery, this is your, your fifth final, you know. What's your what's your key to this? And he just kept saying, you know, it's nothing that I really do. Obviously, he does certain things, but it's all the players and uh, and their quality. So um, that's impressive. That is impressive, just on its own. But the final we have Villarreal versus Manchester United, May twenty sixth. So a couple of days before the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's it? I don't, is it in for for Dansk? Yeah, yeah, it's in for Dansk. Who do you think is winning? Uh, Tell me to ask you real quick. If I have to win this, yeah. United's going to win this. Yeah, I think so. United's going to win this. Um, unless they play the way they played Roma then. 100%. <laughs> unless they play the Roma. If they played Roma like they did in the first leg, Man United all day. If they play Roma like they did the second leg, oh, yeah, they're getting they're Yeah, getting they, they will be destroyed. Yeah. They, I think Ole Gunnar Sunshine would be sacked. Oh, for 100%. He'd be like, you literally have the easiest path oh, yeah. to get us to the final, right. and you mess it up. Yeah. Like, it would have been... That would be tragic. But I think, uh, sorry, but I think Man United has the easier route going into the final in terms of, you know, they're, I don't think Leicester's going to pass them in the league, you know. Villarreal is still, you know, fighting for that, uh, that, that Europe, that Europa League position next year. So, uh, I feel like, and Villarreal also, their schedule isn't, isn't the easiest as well. I know they played literally the last game of the season against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. So, um, Man United, I think, is going to be able to rest some players with uh, their upcoming um, uh, Premier League games. So I think they'll be able to rest and go in fresh for the final. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely see Man United winning this as well. But you never know, yeah. you know. Anything I mean, we happen. never know. But, yeah, so we have both the finals set up. Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Villarreal. I think we both predicted these finals, didn't we? Uh, I guessed Arsenal. Oh, you did? Yeah, United, I guessed. And then I you guessed Villarreal. You got the yeah, final right. I got the final right. I think we got we both got the Champions League. We got the Champions League final right. I just messed up one team and that was Liverpool. It's okay. But hey, <laughs> hey, I almost got a perfect bracket. So I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. But so, yeah, those are the games that happened this week. So some predictions. Oh yeah. Games to watch for this weekend. <sighs> oh, and it is absolutely loaded with important games, what it means for the league, and possible 
future matchups that could yeah. occur. If you're if you're not doing anything this weekend, watch these games. Yeah, definitely <laughs> watch these games because these games they mean everything to you know what's going on in the league. Right. So, shall we get started? First, Let's do it. First up on Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. midday, we have Manchester City versus Chelsea, a Champions League final preview. Okay. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, <laughs> we have a Champions League final preview on the weekend. Ain't that lovely? Love literally, it. literally, it's awesome. When you thought it was because coming up to the week, I saw on the weekend, oh, Man City versus Chelsea. I wonder if they both win their <laughs> matchups in the Champions League. I wonder if it's a Champions League final preview. And guess what happened? It was it, they both won. So you're a genius. I am a genius because <laughs> I guess both these teams right. But Chris. Tell me, what do you think Pep Guardiola is going to do in this matchup? How is he going to play it out between, you know, because they're obviously going to place each other, face each other in three weeks. They've already right. faced each other in that FA Cup semifinal. Right. So what do you think Pep Guardiola is going to do in this matchup? To Is he going to go and go for and go for it and secure the league or do you think he's going to stay in reserve and, you know, have Chelsea come to him? Right. Um, it's actually a really good question because both teams have enough depth that they can play similar to how they're going to play in the final, but not give everything away, you know? Um, I think, you know, obviously Man City can, can win this sooner than later, but I feel like he might go out the way he did against Crystal Palace, a bit more reserved in the sense of not putting his strongest 11 out there. Um, and Chelsea can do the same, you know? We didn't see Hakim Ziyech, you know, over the during the week, so he might play play him you know he could also start Pulisic this game you might keep him on the bench because he's mad that he, Pulisic said he's frustrated he's not getting enough playing time so I don't know um I think Man City is a bit gonna be a bit more I wouldn't say reserved but you know he's gonna put players out there like Sterling Aguero maybe Gabriel Jesus who knows only 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 Pep knows what's in Pep's brain you know so uh but I don't know we'll see but I think either way they can go out and still get the job done with Chelsea. Because literally, I think we were talking about this when we were, when we were watching the game during the week. Man City's, you know, at least like four of Man City's bench, not even, probably the whole bench, can start on this Man City squad as well. So, um, But I don't know. I think Chelsea, yeah, I'm going to say Man City's going to come out with a, with a 1-0 win, secure the league, call it a day, and then uh, do what they got to do uh, up until the final. So. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. So in my opinion... I also agree with you with Man City playing a little bit more. Rest a lot of starters that they had in the midweek game. You know, they got Aguero. Obviously, Aguero came on later on, but I think it's gonna, Aguero's going to start. Gabriel Jesus, all the subs that came off, essentially, are going to pretty much play for the entire 90 against Chelsea. Um, I think Chelsea's going to probably come out very aggressive because yeah. they're, like they're still in contention. Correct. Because they can't drop points because... West Ham and Liverpool Definitely. are still behind them, so they can still, you know, get knocked out of Champions League spot, and the Champions League spot is not secure for them. Right. So I think Chelsea's going to come out with their same lineup that they had against Madrid, and I think they're going to come out really high, really high press and try and get those three points. But you know, it's a Champions League final preview. You know, we saw, but you know, Man City played it when in that FA Cup semifinal. They didn't play too hot. They didn't really play that good. They were yeah. playing a bunch of the reserves. So it might play similar to that. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like one one. I'm gonna give it a one one okay. draw. Um I don't see either team really 
you know, trying to go all out because obviously they have to play each other right. again in three yeah. weeks. So, you know, it's not worth going all out, showing all your, you know, whole deck of all your cards. whole deck of cards when you have to face each other again. And so I just think it's going to be a very tactical game, in my yeah. opinion. So it's going to be a good game. Champions League final PV, you all love that. Yeah. But I, it's, it's going to be a good game. I think if it feels like an FA Cup final, then yeah, you know, you're going to throw your at least your best 11 out there. But, you know, it's a, it's a Premier League game. Man City already has it in the bag. Just needs either Man United to drop points if they don't win or they just literally need to win this game and they're champions. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Chelsea does have to come out pretty strong because they got West Ham, Liverpool, Tottenham right behind them trying to get that spot as well. So, um, but luckily for Chelsea also, they have some good depth, so they can switch a couple things around, nothing too drastic. But for Man City, they can put, like, Ake... Laporte back there, rest both Stones and Ruben Diaz. You know, they can throw on Ferran Torres, you know, Aguero, like you said, Sterling. So, you know, they got depth. They got they got players to do it. So Exactly. Exactly. So that's the biggest game that's happened in the Premier League in the Premier League. Now on to another game with major implications Oof. in the Liga. It's Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid having at ten fifteen AM. So we got first place and versus third place. third place. Two points separate these teams mm-hmm. in for the title race. Oh, so recently, obviously, we've talked about Atletico Madrid woes. Um, them not playing really convincing football, in our opinion. Barcelona obviously coming off two very rocky games against Granada and uh, Valencia. Obviously not, you know, against Granada, we didn't play very well. Right. And we we lost that game, but and then the Valencia we didn't we gave them chances to you know put us away, but right. thankfully they didn't, and we came out with a win, three two, luckily. But you know we've been saying that Real Madrid they're very iffy at times. Like right. they recently you know one nil victory against Elche, the last place team, yeah. so it wasn't very convincing, and they could have lost that game, and you know it's not very convincing in my opinion, and they've been. The second half of the season, they haven't been playing very well. Like, you know, obviously losing to Chelsea was a major blow. They barely sweep by, like, teams like Hatafe. Yeah. Barely squeezed by, like, these lower-end teams. So, I mean, they tied them against Madrid, but they should have lost that game. Yeah. So, I, I'll just see, you know, just in the form that I've seen Atletico Madrid and Barca both play at. I think Barca, and they're playing... At Barca, um, obviously Granada beat Barca at Barca, but I think Barca's, they just play better at home. Obviously, they lost 1-0 in the reverse fixture. So, I think Barca, they're like, okay, this is it. This is is the final. This is no tournament. This is literally Barcelona's final. So, I think Messi's going to take his team and take him to the promised land. I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory. Messi, Messi's gonna score one, and I think Griezmann's gonna score the other. Oh, cool! Yeah, the two guys in form right now. Mm-hmm. All right, I like it. Um, if Atletico Madrid lose, do you think Suarez is gonna be like, like Eden Hazard after the game, all um, smiles with his teammates? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> knowing I, that if they lose, they're knocked out of first place. I mean, and could go trophyless as well. To be honest, I think he'd probably do it in the tunnel. I don't think he'd be mad. On the field, right. but in the tunnel, I think show some professionalism. Show, yeah, show, I mean, because Messi's his boy. That's his best friend. Le- Leo is literally Suarez is the best friend. Yeah. So you know <laughs> they can't be mad at each other forever. 
Yeah. But yeah, that's literally his best friend. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's just going to be mad on the field. But then when they end the done, I think it'll be fine. That's what I'm really looking forward to, seeing Messi and Suarez again. We were robbed from that earlier this season because Suarez, I believe, I don't think it was her. I think he ended up having COVID mm-hmm. during the, the first uh, uh, matchup that they had this season. Um, but I'm there with you, man. Uh, I was going to say 2-1 also. I can see Barca pulling this off. I think this game, though, is definitely going to suit Atletico Madrid. They're not going to... I see Atletico Madrid sitting back more, knowing that they can uh, try to catch him on the counter with players that have pace like Carrasco, Marcos Llorente. You know, obviously having Suarez up top. They could always throw Correa in there as well, but who knows if he's going to start or not. It's because he wastes so many chances. But, um, but yeah, um, a lot of these games recently have been very, very tight. Um, so I'm going to go with a 1-0 let me give it to Griezmann. Jeez. Griezmann and give it to his old club. Oh, my Lord. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Griezmann. 1-0. Oh, okay. And then post Barca in first place. Depending, Depending on, the, on next the, the next game. Which we'll get into shortly. <laughs> but, yeah, so those are predictions for the barcelona Atlético Madrid game. Until that's for the Saturday games. Mm-hmm. Sunday, we have two more big oh, games. So, on Sunday... At 2.45 p.m., we have Juventus versus AC Milan, which is literally the s- Milan is in fourth and Juventus is in third. Like, what? what is going on? Like, this is crazy. And they're tied with points. And they're tied in points. So this is just mental. Yeah. So recently, AC Milan, they just came off a win against uh, Benevento, 2-0. Mm-hmm. So obviously big confidence boost for them. Um, but they haven't been looking good the yeah. second half of the season. Same with Juventus. They've been looking Oh yeah. They've been looking rocky as well. Both teams have been looking sluggish. Yeah, very sluggish. You know, the biggest loss I think freaking Juventus had was when they lost to freaking uh what was it like Spezzi or something like that? They lost mm-hmm. something one, like that, yeah. It was like one nil and I was like, Wow. They've but, lost a lot of points to teams that they shouldn't have, like Torino, they they draw they drew even though it was a, it was a Turin Derby, you know, Torino's like right down there. I think they're like in maybe like sixteen, seventeen spots, so they haven't been looking so well, and there's been a big, uh, you know, a, a big cloud over 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 Pirlo's future. Mm-hmm. So no one really knows what's gonna happen. And this is a game, you know, he's playing against his form, one of his former teams as well. So we'll see. Exactly. So um, obviously both teams are looking rocky. Um, obviously, you mentioned also coming off a big win, two uh, one against Udinese. Yeah. So both teams probably feeling themselves a little bit. But I think Juve is just, they have more talent. I think AC Milan, they're gonna, they've are gonna they been fizzling out this second half of the season. Yeah. And I don't think that they can really, I don't think they're going to play, you know, I think they'll play down to the opponent because obviously I haven't been in form this second half of the season like we've been saying this entire podcast. And I just think it's going to continue. They're going to go down that spiral. And I think Juventus will probably win this. I must give it a two. I'm gonna say two nil. Two nil Juventus. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. Um, just to make City out more controversial, more controversial, I'm gonna say they're gonna tie with Milan one one. Zlatan with the goal and Ronaldo with the with the header. Two old men. The two old guys. Yeah. Two old men. They're gonna rely on the two old guys. Oh wow. Well, that's lovely. Ain't it? <laughs> But, Probably won't happen, but, you know, just to keep it interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's the game, the biggest game in the Serie A. Now, on to the other matchup that's happening in the Liga that is also very important, which is Real Madrid versus Sevilla, which is the two seed, the second team versus the fourth team. 
and that is happening at 3 p.m on sunday mm-hmm. and what is going on <laughs> this weekend is just insane yeah big clubs facing up against big clubs and it is what we love to see right so obviously chris how tell me how you think this game will pan out for both teams um i think sevilla is definitely going to be fresh going into this uh you know they played last time they played was monday night and they lost against atletico bilbao or atletico bilbao they lost one nil in the 90th minute from the Nyaki williams goal so you know they were definitely they definitely crept up on the on the top three teams and were just one point away from you know both Barca and Madrid. Um, but just because I have faith in Ivan Rakitic and some of the <laughs> other lads, and because Barca need Madrid to drop points, I must say Sevilla comes away with a one 0 win, a goal from Enesiri. Okay, okay, I can see that happening. Um, obviously, Madrid being tired mm-hmm. midweek from the Chelsea game. Obviously, you can see how tired the midfield was, especially Luka Modric, Tony Cruz. They just, they were so much open space. And obviously, we know Sevilla likes to play possession. Um, and I just see them just dominating possession. But I think Madrid's going to play similar the way they face Barca. They're going to really sit back and then just have Benzema or Vinicius just counter them um, very quickly. And if Sevilla can handle that type of pressure, I think they can really, you know, solidify the three points in this match and it just really depends on if can Sevilla produce chances when you know Madrid is tired you know they they Ramos he doesn't look fit he doesn't he literally this was the Champions League game that he played on Wednesday was the first game back and I think it was like a month and a half so obviously he's not fit their defense has been shaky this entire season. So it just, if Sevilla can put the chances away, I can definitely see them walking out with three points. I'm going to give it a 2 1. I think Benzema is going to score at least one. But I think Sevilla will pull this out. And okay. I think they'll be, you know, Madrid will drop points this yeah. game. And I think, like you said, too, if, if they are fatigued, they got players like uh, on the left side, they got Marcos Acuna. On the right side, they got, you know, Jesus Navas has some some quick wing backs, and you know Ocampos is quick as well. Um, so they they could definitely give Madrid a hard a very hard time, and let's just hope they do. Let's just hope <laughs> they do. So that is the two big games that's happening this weekend in Liga. We have Barcelona versus Madrid, and Real Madrid versus Sevilla. Ain't that a lovely weekend? That Great. is literally this is gonna be a fantastic weekend. Oh to yeah, watch. great great weekend for football. So if you're not doing anything. On Saturday or Sunday, you know, if you have two monitors, you can watch the Juventus and the Milan and the Madrid Sevilla game at the same time. Do it because these are going to be very, very good games. You know, so don't miss out. Yeah, don't miss out. Both teams are going to have to come out as well. So yeah, they're going to have to come out and play their A game. So it's going to be a great weekend. Right. Let's just say that. So what we covered this episode. That's the end of this episode. We covered Champions League semifinals, snippet of the Champions League final. Uh, Talk about Europa League semifinals, a little snippet about the Europa League semifinal, and we talked about the biggest game, possibly the biggest weekend in football this season. Definitely. Pro- definitely, probably the biggest weekend to determine who's going to win the each of the big three leagues. So that's that for the episode. Chris, any final messages for the people you want to say? Well, Inter already won the Scudetto. So. Well, for Champions League. <laughs> I was Champions League. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. But, uh, you know, always a pleasure being with you. 
Aaron. So, uh, you know, as always, KTP, baby. KTP, baby. We love y'all. Stay safe and peace.